my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomads Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Today, I'm joined by Sandre Rusk. Hey, Sandre, what's going on? Hey, Jeff. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Do you want to give us a little bit of an intro, who you are, what you do? Yes. So I am the co-founder and CEO of Safety Wing, where we are offering nomad insurance and remote health insurance for remote teams and on the mission to build the world's first global social safety net and a country on the internet. So, okay. That- We've got so much to unpack here. There's a lot to talk about, and especially because I've been hurt so many times abroad. Our our uh, audience has heard my stories about getting COVID, getting MRIs, and yes. getting stitches and all those kind of things. I've got a lot of questions, but I do want to back up and figure out how you got there. I know that you worked in political science for a while there. You're a political advisor. Was that right? Yeah. Tell me about Tell me, that was the beginning step, right? You were started as a political advisor, and then somehow you fell into the world of digital nomadism. Uh, yeah. Bring me back to that point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I I knew about the internet and startups and almost digital nomadism because before, like as a teenager, I had this little startup thing. But anyway, that's that's a that's a pre-chapter. That's, that's the pre Creation. I worked as a policy advisor for at the government of Norway, working on the social safety net, and that was a super interesting job, where it was remarkably free, and I was essentially given these like tasks, like uh, the sitting government would have some very vague promise, like reform education, or like like in their agenda. And then be like, can you fill this with some substance? <laughs> and and then we would do that. And we would do that by like, you know, flying in, hosting conferences with scientists. We would do it by hosting this like crowdsourcing of ideas. And I would, you know, what would come out is essentially a proposal. Like, here's here's the thing. And, you know, worked mostly with the social safety net. And by doing that, learned tons about it. So you had a job where they said, Here's a general idea. Go do it. How could you ever get bored of that? Why would you ever leave that? Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, it was a wonderful job. It was particularly wonderful because it was just so free in a way because it's it's um, it was no like direct boss for the, for this strange reason because he kind of like supporting, but it's like there's tons of people in the parliament, but like none of them is like directly my boss. No, mm. right? so it was, it was very free, but but no, I was drawn. So I, like many other, you know, digital nomads, I am. I have a high need for freedom. That's <laughs> like, how we all got there, right? Yeah. Uh, so and and I also have a high need for adventure. I would say so. You know, you got two big pulls there, mm-hmm. and even a great nine to five job, which this one was, you know, was, was very hard to stay in. So, so that was, how did that even become a dream? What, what moment did you think to yourself or encounter digital nomad life and say, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do. That's what, that's my calling. 
since the 2000s, I've been in this internet world and online freelancing thing. I knew about that whole world. I like, I had, you know, used Upwork freelancers to help me with things at school. And, you know, yeah. like it was, it was like, it was very familiar to me. So I knew about that. I also happened to know about, I had this interest in how countries have different GDPs, different cost of living. That was like a quirk interest of mine randomly. So I, I had come across this idea, which is, of course, the fundamental, you know, economic driver of digital nomadism, which is, did you know there are places where you can have like high standards of living for a very low cost? And and so so I, I and in particular, I had formed this idea of Berlin in my mind. And this is like early, hmm. it's like 2010. Berlin was back then, it still is like low cost compared to other European capitals, but it's now sure. catching up. But back then it was like, you could live for 500 euros a month in Berlin. Yeah, so it's like that, that, that seemed, but yeah, it formed in my mind as like a concept in law medicine. When I went to, heard about the DNX conference, I went there and, you know, there was met a bunch of people who today are my friends and Peter Levels had a good talk about how there would be a billion digital nomads. And so I also had this other idea, which is, which I still think is a revolutionary idea. So, which is. Did you know two, three digital nomads could start a company together without funding? Okay, expl- explain. Like if you're, if you're like a designer, a developer and like a salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. And you can do it all together. So it's like, you don't need that much capital. You can mm-hmm. have like side gigs freelancing once, one day a week. Yeah. Um, and bootstrap a startup. I'm trying to kind of like get out the eject <laughs> hatch. Even though mm-hmm. it's a good life, it still is that like living in a city, commuting. Yeah. Uh, to a nine yeah. to five job. You know, it's, it's the... It's all kind of like a wonderful version of it, you know, that I was mm-hmm. grateful to have. But, but it still, still wasn't. It still wasn't was the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I start the startup part time. I work on it like evenings and weekends while I'm kind of planning how I'm going to cut my cost to increase my runway thing mm-hmm. and to get up some more savings and, and get the freelance income. So you're doing this all on the side while you mm-hmm. were working for... At working as a political advisor for the government. Yeah, that's right. Gotcha. Yes. Okay, so you didn't just... We talk a lot uh, about how people, the journeys they took, how they became a digital nomad. Whether they mm. fell into it like some people, like I did, they just closed our office and said, guess what? You are you are now fully remote. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just start traveling for lack of better option. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got other people that dive headfirst in and they've got no they've got no safety net nothing they just they just dive right in and then there's other people that that kind of follow the same path that you just talked about to me where you gave yourself a little bit of a safety net and kind of eased your way into it it sounds yeah. like yes. yeah okay gotcha so was that first venture that you were putting together was that safety wing or is that something no no it was previous called superside Super- well it was called okay. consist in the beginning but yeah that was like uh it was really related to the sole kind of cluster of ideas. Gotcha. Uh, the genesis was just like something along the lines of, hey, there are these good people on Upwork, but it's too variable and too much hassle for a company to use it. Mm-hmm. How about we just find the best freelancers and then they're like available to company like on demand. That was like the idea for Superside, okay. which is doing well. It became like it went venture funded company in itself. Awesome. So... 
when you started up uh, Super Superside, right? When you started this up, did you move to Berlin? Yeah. You did? Okay, so yeah. you actually, you had your dream and you followed it and you moved to Berlin. How long did you stay there? Not long, three months, because the uh-huh. startup got into Y Combinator, so I moved to San Francisco. Ah, okay. Yes, I mean, the great thing about, you know, when we set up that company is that it was fully remote from the beginning. Yeah. And it was also like fully async, which was, which I've since departed, but it was like, we went full async and I don't mean like we tried to reduce our number of meetings. I mean, we didn't have any meeting ever. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about my dream. You've so far talked about two of my dream jobs. Go yeah. do whatever you want to do and don't have any meetings. Right. So yes. if you combine those two things, send me a job application. And then... Yeah. No, yes. So, explain I mean, explain was... that to me. I've, I've, I've got a fascination with productivity and yes. with different apps that try to maximize productivity, specifically how to eliminate meetings. What did that mm-hmm. look like for you? So we made, we, you know, created tasks and, you know, assigned them in a, in a way that didn't require meetings, but was more like feed. Uh, I should say though, there, there is, you know, real, it's not for free. You know, what you get is lovely, right? In the sense that I could, my, my whole day, every day was, was my own. Mm-hmm. And as long as I got my kind of like, when I look at Slack under control, which was a bit difficult, but, but yeah. that was once. I did that, it, it, it has a big upside in the, the making all the time, free time. But, but of course, it does have you know, some, some discussions. Okay, so we, we've moved to, effectively, we moved to San Francisco, which is the new, the new base of operations. Mm-hmm. And uh, what year is this? This is 2010s, around 2015? No, 20, yes, 2014, 2015, exactly. Okay. San Francisco, 2015. Yeah, I first live in this like Airbnb of this. I also then after three months, I moved up to this co-living house up in Woodside, which was this like giant McMansion thing, but it was like co-living. So people were like, living I've in. I've seen that. I was oh, really? I was looking. I've, I've seen that. I was looking that up yeah. online. Yeah, it's it's basically a big house that everybody mm-hmm. lives together in and co-works, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So where would you say is the ones one place that comes to mind when I ask you this that moment where you feel like this is why I'm a digital nomad. Last time that you felt, oh my God, this is why I do what I do because I love traveling so much. Where was that? You know, that was a complete surprise. That was, it's actually not, it doesn't sound, it sounds kind of lame when I say it, but it's, uh, we drove, we went to Rome, we drove north and everyone has seen this. So this is like the least imaginative (laughs) answer ever, but it's Mm -hmm. like, that area is genuinely really nice. Like it's called, uh, so Tuscany. Tuscany. So it's like, I was just it's there. Like, I was just there a few oh, yeah. months ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's gorgeous. And it has these like flowing hills that are not too high, mm-hmm. kind of like the Shire vibes. And there's like olive gardens and all the houses are made of stone. And it's like a really nice place to go with a group of friends if you want to have like a relaxing period. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually planning to go to sort of rent a house there and be there like have that as a base for the next for a year. Oh gosh, I'm saying this now publicly, but it's still like something oh, I'm working wow. on. <laughs> Do we have yeah. to edit that out for you? We can, we can always <laughs> edit. No, it's it's fine. And it's it's like I'm developing that idea. I think that would uh-huh. be uh, really cool to to stay there for a year and have people like come in because it's it's a gorgeous place as you know when you recently were there. Yeah. That's a that's a good that's a good experience. We spent about a month in Florence and went out in the Tuscany Hills, 
stayed in those Airbnbs that you're talking about with the yeah. all built of like the Adobe and stone and everything mm-hmm. looking over the hills with the, mm-hmm. those, I think they're called Italian Cypress. I just call them the Tuscany trees. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. Beautiful place. I found it very difficult to work with the, with the Wi-Fi connections there as a digital nomad. It was uh, tops for views, tops for food, mm-hmm. lower for workability in my book, Ooh. but still worth going. See, that's good for me to know because I'm, uh, you know, if I'm supposed to be there for you, I have to figure out, have to have a good Wi-Fi. Get your speed tests before you go, for sure. I'll that's tell you that. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Would you say, is that the moment where you said to yourself, my career is going to be based around remote work and I'm going to start this company? Like, What was the inspiration for starting? I want to talk more about safety wing at this point yes. what was what was the moment where it just struck you you said i need to help people with travel or or health insurance while traveling you can frame it however you want what was that moment and what, what caused that to happen i mean one personal experience is just i came to the u.s and i would do this thing where i would go back to norway to reset my travel insurance and then one time i timed over and i had to go to the uh, hospital because I had this like pain in my chest turn out it was nothing but anyway so you, it turns out it was- sorry I'm uh, just interrupt for one second you yes. timed over meaning you stayed a little too long and then your insurance yeah because the, the travel insurance was last I think for four to five days and you oh Maybe. and you were in America when this happened yes oh yeah that's terrible okay good yeah. <laughs> go on that's that's very expensive I could I can yeah so I just know. go to uh, the hospital I think it was at Stanford and and I just go in, I say that thing, they do some tests, and then it's like the bill is like $2,500. I'm surprised. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not surprised yeah. at all. I, I assume you could have said $25,000. I would have batted yeah. an eye. You I would have, have not have batted, batted an eye. No. Yeah. But I mean, I thought I was just like going to talk, like have an appointment, like uh-huh. something that would cost like 120 or like even now I'm a bit surprised looking back. Like it was so short. Like we're talking less than 30 minutes. But they did do the thing and they probably had these crazy prices on it. Anyway, this is also during a time where it was like I, you know, I talked about the runway, the planning. There was a period of time where I was like really running low on that runway. And this was like during a time where I did not have $2,500 extras. It was like really sucked to get this bill. And uh, yeah, so that, you know, became one visceral learning, just the experience of getting an unexpected health bill going broke, I guess. And so that was one thing. Another thing, which isn't as, you know, personal as an experience, but more was that we wanted to provide, we had this freelancer platform and both me and my co-founder were kind of like, is politically interested, you know, different, but so we thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have like benefits for the freelancers on the platform or income protection or something. And, and then we went out to try to kind of buy that. And then we found that nobody offered that. And we also realized why. And that's kind of when I realized that, oh, we have this problem now. We're trying to buy this now, but in the future, this is going to be many. So that, and then I inferred in that moment, that was, that was actually the moment when I connected the dots, when I said, someone has to build a global social safety net. And I kind of, I basically then reasoned through this over the coming couple of months, where I reasoned that we, an online freelancing platform is actually just an example of remote work. And it's become the, the problem is that the, 
internet economy creates this global labor market, but all the private and public insurance things, whether they come from government or, or private, that, that's usually national. Mm. So they become obsolete. They become really clunky in various ways that I've experienced personally uh-huh. when people work across borders or work on the internet or work remotely for an international company. Or of course, of course, if they're a digital nomad, then there's just like everything doesn't work. Yeah. So that's, you know, when we thought that someone needs to build this. And then I tried to get someone else to build this. This is in 2016. And then for a year, I, because I was still running this other company, and I tried to get other people. So as people would come into our co-living house, I would pitch them, you know what you should build? A global social safety net. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we would see, like, we'll be your first customer. And that uh-huh. was my pitch. And then and nobody wanted to do it. One person <laughs> did it, <laughs> and then he didn't. And, you know, and now I kind of understand why, because it's very kind of, like, difficult in a very boring way. You know, it's the to, the process of doing it, like all the licenses, mm. the infrastructure, and then it's kind of like, it's difficult the way accounting is boring, not like rocket science is boring. So after about a year of that or, or so, sort of figured out that, okay, nobody's going to do this. This is really important. I, I left my previous company to just do it ourselves. Hmm. Oh, wow. So what happens talking directly to our audience who a lot of people are just starting to get their toes wet with becoming a digital nomad and started rolling around the idea of what happens if I travel while I work, what Mm -hmm. will happen if somebody travels while they were, while they're working and they need medical coverage somewhere abroad? Say, say say I'm a uh, North American, say I'm, I'm coming from Canada and I'm going down to Mexico and I get hurt or I need some sort of medical coverage, what happened? Well, I, I mean, I've been there. I've been exactly there. I wasn't from Canada, but I've been in Mexico without insurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can tell you, you just pay out of pocket, but it can be expensive. So you you would go to a private care provider. So if you're in Tulum, that's the one on C, I can't remember. You would essentially Google that. Mm. And then... What exactly <laughs> do you Google? Did I Google I think I, I urgent care centers, which you Google, yeah. Okay. Local urgent care center or, or emergency, depending on which one it is. That's the one you want to go to. Mm-hmm. And then I, you would go there. They're private. So they're priced not that dissimilarly from this is in the U.S. It's slightly cheaper, but not like, it's not a different universe. You know, it's mm. not, it's, it's not like, you know, it, these are, this is a private chain, you know, and it's very professional, and, but it's also expensive. And then you would go there, you would get in line, you would uh, be introduced to a doctor. And that place happens to also have, you know, some scans and some things they can, and can even also do referrals to, to, to other treatments. However, you would pay out of pocket. So you would quickly have to res- make the choice. Do I want to do this or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and very often you would have the option of maybe not doing it. Although it sucks when it comes out because my plan was always, I'm just going to go back if something happens. Mm-hmm. But it turns out when you have like, a very acute chest pain. It's not like you're thinking like, let me go look at some tickets, <laughs> right? You, <laughs> you know, it's not. You're thinking like, I need to go to the emergency room. It's right? emerg- It's emergency mode at that point. It's not. Um, yeah. It's not clipping coupons. It's not comparison <laughs> shopping. It's no. fix my fix my damn chest now. Right. Exactly. So so that's what you end up doing, which means that mm-hmm. you think you will go home, but you're probably not in the, the situation. You're gonna and uh, and then you're gonna get. 
the choice to you're going to learn what it is you're going to get the choice to pay for it or not and and that's kind of like the way that it goes bad is you end up either not getting treatment or getting broke it's mm. like the two the two options the two options you have empty your pocket you, or possibly die <laughs> empty your pockets or possibly die or remain in pain new slogan perhaps and then and then that's Probably it, you know, depending, you know, it's hard to play this scenario further without imagining a particular condition. You know, there are so many th- different things that can go wrong. Okay. Um, so yeah. let me give you a, a scenario that just happened to me recently. And I don't mm-hmm. have, I have normal travel health insurance. It's like mm-hmm. a $100 a year health plan. It basically covers me in very normal situations. Like if I get bit by a shark, they're not going to cover me. If I go hang gliding accident, they're probably not going to cover me. In this scenario, I was in Romania. I was in Bucharest a couple months ago. I started having heart palpitations. Kind of probably fairly similar to the same level of urgency in my brain as you were experiencing in your brain when you had this this sudden realization that somebody needs to do something about this this situation. So I did the same thing. I Googled private hospital or something Mm -hmm. because somebody actually i was i was working at a table at a cafe searching heart palpitations do i need to go to a doctor and somebody behind me was reading my searches as i was searching it taps me on the shoulder and says yes i'm like oh (laughs) and she says i can help translate for you and i could bring you to i can bring you to a doctor and she's very very generous Mm -hmm. so that's what i did i went to a doctor and they set up an eeg does that sound right Mm -hmm. that's nice yeah the electrodes to the heart. Poor, I'm such. I'm such a clown. She sets up these electrodes, and the last one she puts on there, I pretend to get electrocuted. <laughs> she just about shit and hit the floor. I couldn't help myself. Anyways, the whole thing. My experience was it was all out of pocket. I didn't pay insurance or anything like that. Fortunately, it was in Romania, so the prices were lower than I would have experienced in the U.S. However, yeah. I still was not covered. It had something serious happened. And I needed some sort of emergency surgery or something like that. That would have been all about out of pocket and very expensive. So introduce safety wing through this scenario for me and tell me yes. what my scenario would have looked like. Yes, yes, yes. And we could also play it out to like an even more serious one. Yes. Yeah, so if you have safety wings, so if you're smart, you kind of reach out to customer service. Ideally, you call like as this thing is happening and you would ask us, you would ask someone there like, oh, is this serious? Should I go to a doctor? And they will say yes. And, you know, get some basics. And then it would say, go to this medical provider. You would go there. They would then coordinate directly with the hospital so that they would kind of like know who you are and that they can bill us directly. And if that, it turns, so maybe, you know, if it's in the scenario where it's just those simple tests and you're kind of fine, then they would just do that and they would just bill safe doing. And you would just go home and you was like taking care That's of it. That's it. Um, wow. Yeah. But if it was even more serious, you know, that's like when it gets, because it gets really bad. It's like when you get hospital stays or like some kind of, you know, surgery or something. That's like when things go from bad to absolutely traumatic. The shark bite. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. In a heart situation, it's like, it's like a heart attack. And, mm. uh, sure. And, you know, I just heard one story, one who got a heart attack in Ghana and there, there was no local treatment that could really 
deal with it. So we had to like chart this like plane that flew him like on a low altitude down to South Africa to the nearest hospital. So then, you know, in those situations, then the value of having this, you know, someone who is like trying to take care of you is like becomes like extreme. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of organizing with the logistics and the, these payments and these bills, which in this case is like $100,000. So, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that's about how that uh, would play out. So slightly different, easier, and without the, the kind of like the choice. Am yeah. I going to do this or, or pay out of pocket? This is really timely because we actually, Marissa and I, as one of our co-founders, had a conversation recently about a podcast rather recently about what happens when you have health conditions while you're traveling, because it's, it is a huge concern for digital nomad or, or to be digital nomads. And they'll just write off becoming a digital nomad out of fear of that. Like what happens if I get hurt while I'm traveling? And it's happened to me over the last year, three, four, five instances, including like a brain MRI. I had three hernias at the same time. I had to get diagnosed with that. That also in, in Romania. So it's it's kind of a, a big deal. And I will say one of the things that clicked with me with what you were just describing, one of the hardships I had was finding the right place to go. And yeah. because for starters, you're negotiating, a lot of times you're negotiating a foreign language that you, it's not your first language. And so you're trying to Google the right thing. Second, mm -hmm. you've got a litany of options to choose from. You've got hospital and hospital and hospital, and you have no idea which one's the right one, which one's mm -hmm. going to be the least expensive, which one's going to cover me. And then you've got referrals, right? So what you described to me is that you get on with a customer service person and mm -hmm. they will basically help you find that right hospital and get there, right? Exactly, because that's what they do all day, every day and and have you know those lists and know exactly where where to send you. So they're a specialist in that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm not trying, I, I really do think your product is incredible uh, and I'm not trying to blow smoke here. This actually is legitimate. I think this is pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I've never invited somebody on where I'm, I'm just trying to promote their product, but in this instance that, that probably could have helped me quite a bit last year. Mm -hmm. So for the audience that's, that's listening to this, if they're to start, be, if they're to become a digital nomad soon and they want that extra protection, just peace of mind, what would they end up paying for that kind of thing? I know it's going to be individualized to people for sure. But yeah. Do you have, is it thousands of dollars? Is it tens of it's dollars? Actually not, yeah, it's not that individualized, actually. We have, you know, huh. it's uh, $42. And that's, 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 you know, if you can afford plane tickets, you, you can afford uh, $42 a month. That's pretty, pretty affordable. And, you know, it's really flexible. So you can buy it also like, for a certain number of days, you don't have to get the subscription. But the subscription kind of renews. You could pause it whenever, or you can buy it like for a set number of days. You might need that. Some some places require like visa letters for the yeah. duration of your stay. Then you gotta get it. But uh, so that's that's the price forty two a month. It's higher if you're in the U.S. That's the only country that's higher. That's sorry. That's for the eighteen to thirty nine age range. So it's slightly more if you're like forty four nine. Slightly more fifty uh -huh. fifty nine. Ooh, yeah. just barely on the cusp there. I'd be on the lower plan. I get yeah. I've got two more years and, <laughs> and then I'm then I'm bumping up. Okay, yeah. so another question, follow-up question on that. Mm -hmm. As I'm traveling to these places, say again I'm in Romania and there mm -hmm. are 30 different options I can choose from. And there probably were about 30 different options, public and private, 
locations where I can get help. How many of those in any given place will accept your insurance? Yes. So, you know, we would send you to a hospital that we know accepts that can bill us directly. So I should say, so so that's like the key issue is direct billing when you deal with it internationally. Like in the U.S., this is quite orderly because you have this medical provider network and that comes with a big downside, which is that they're, they make the price go way up, but it certainly works internationally. The question is which private hospitals are willing to build the insurance company. So, so that's, so like in, in a, let's say a scenario where you don't, for some reason you don't contact customer service, like you don't call us, right. But you just go to a, a, a medical provider. You know, if it's something serious, we would then try to set it up. But like, let's say it's just like a doctor visit, mm-hmm. um, and they're and they're not willing to bill us directly for some reason. And this can happen. There's a big world out there, and it's sure. like it can happen if you're in some country. And then the the, the worst case though is, is that then you pay out of pocket, and then you fill out this quick form on the website, and we send you the money back. So that's mm. that's the worst case. Yeah. Make make it pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's all right? So you've got insurance covered. How many how many people would you say have plans with you at this point? Like active plans right now, I think it's around twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. Wow. Okay. Did, I mean, digital nomadism is is growing pretty fast. So I guess that doesn't surprise me too much. Oh, and it's growing very very fast. Hopefully, our remote health higher tier product, you know, it's growing like nine x year over year. Jesus. So, so what's next on the radar for Safety Wing? Well, we're continuing our quest towards building global social safety net on a country on the internet, and you know we're le- releasing some cool products next year. We are releasing remote retirement, which is I'm very excited about, which uh, will allow will fuse some ideas from financial independence, retire early, and also digital nomadism, so that you can. We wanted to try to make it motivating for young people to to do that. And it's essentially that you save to a target amount. And then once you hit that target amount, you can then get fixed income forever. So so that you could potentially then retire, you know, in Buenos Aires and you unlock that at a certain amount. So very excited about that. You've like gamified. Yeah. Yeah. You've gamified uh, retirement. It's that's right. It's kind of the only way to reach us nowadays. Turn it into a game, or I'm not interested. <laughs> Wrap it in bacon, right. or turn it into a game. So that's going to be a good one. We have remote doctor coming out, which is like global kind of telehealth thing, so that people, our customers, can also do real doctor's appointments online, you know, with us, and can get referrals mm. and prescriptions. This is particularly needed, you know, in many countries where you know that language barrier is extra hard. Or, you know, so it's something people often request. So we're setting up that that as an extra service. That's interesting. I've used that before. I've used Doctors on Demand and similar, which yeah. technically would be a competitor of yours. However, they didn't accept my insurance was an issue. And the second thing is one of the ones I used would not treat me while I was traveling because yeah. they had licensing issues. I said, I'm a... I'm a licensed. In, I'm licensed in yeah. California, United States. Yeah. Where are you yeah, located? Yeah. And I changed my yeah. VPN and lied to them, and they would figure it out, and they wouldn't treat me. Right. Yes. No. So this is exactly why we found ourselves forced to. This wasn't originally in our roadmap. 
uh-huh. like uh, you know, doctor, it was kind of foisted upon us by customers. I kind of sharing that story and also, you know, myself, which is that there is no global virtual doctor service. Many countries have it, of course, and there are some regional ones in Europe, mm-hmm. but there's no global one yet. And having one in another country is kind of only so helpful. Like they can't really do prescriptions and referrals and they would be very even worried to give any medical advice for the license for their own license in their own country to not be affected. So, so yeah, so this is something we saw and and that was very unfortunate for our customers. So we, to address that, we're setting up this remote doctor thing where essentially we have like freelance doctors, but in like in every country, but Mm. it's like remarkably easy user interface. So you can uh, talk to like an English speaking doctor locally, or you can also talk to the same one you have back home though, like have a a favorite doctor. Um, Right. So So (laughs) It gives jobs to the doctors on the ground, on location, and gives you access to them. It sounds like a a pretty good situation. Same thing with, I also saw that you guys are starting remote therapists too. So does that be like a psychiatric services or or mental mental health services? That's the same kind of like user experience tech thing as remote doctor. You know, this is already built. This is like live in uh, beta. It's not public, but it's people are doing appointments. And yeah, so remote therapists, you know, that's just uh, the same thing, but with therapy and uh, with a similar reasoning that, you know, this is something our users care, is something people care about a lot. And it's not a good global option. It hasn't been made yet. And so, and we've already built a technology to distribute it because we built that via remote doctor. So this wonderful lady, Alex Alejandra Murray, Argentinian therapist and uh, professor actually, but also a digital nomad. Sounds like an odd combination when I say it like that, but (laughs) she reached out and like, you should build remote therapy next. And of course we had heard Mm -hmm. that in so many feedback forms from customers as like a suggestion Mm -hmm. for what you should build next. So we decided to add it into the roadmap. Yeah, that's super important. Same same thing. I, at one point, I was like, you know what? I, I think I need to do, just need to clear things out a little bit and talk through some stuff. And I went online and it's like, okay, I'll, I'll try to get a remote there. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. It was impossible. So it's like, okay, I guess I'll just skip while I'm, while I'm traveling and deal with everything when I get home. And that's basically been the only way to, to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So by making it just easily accessible via us for our customers, it's, yeah, we make it easy to access. And is this, if you have a plan with you, is this, how does this work? Is you just pay on top for your visits, your online visits? Pressing for a remote therapist isn't made yet. The pressing for a remote doctor is. Mm -hmm. So if you have the higher tier plan with us, remote health, then it's actually included. So you just like, it just becomes an added service that you can talk to a doctor unlimited amount of times. Sure. Um, if you have the, 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 the nomad plan, then it's going to be an add on that you can add on or you can pay per appointment, but it's an, uh, but if you pay per appointment, it's actually charged to the insurance. Actually, I need to work out how that's going to work, but <laughs> why would anyone get that? But the add on, what that gives you is, well, I guess the simplicity of not even having to do that, but it's like $15 a month. You could also be able to buy it without getting the insurance. So it's going to be $15 a month. And then it's 25 if you add high cost countries like the U.S. Gotcha. 
Sandra, this has been really awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell our audience where to find you. And do you want to send them to your website, Twitter handles, anything like that? Yes, definitely check out safedoing.com. Or we also have this interesting podcast project going buildingremotely.com where we're trying to make like a textbook for building remote startups and, and also to interview a lot of people uh, with that. So definitely check that out. Okay, will do. Um, this will all come out in the show notes as well. We'll send the links to Safety Wing. Also, uh, yeah, shoot me over the uh, the podcast link and I'll include that as well. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, Andre. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Yeah.